Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC, 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 Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. No image or dark horse. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book goodness and fantastical magical color land. Wow. Magical color land. Magical color land. I like magical color land. Like, the delve... The delve is, you know, we're delving in. We're delving in. Like, imagine hypercolor realness all over the place. You know, well, that would be Nick Fury this week. Yes, definitely Nick Fury this week. So, uh, again, you know, this is the Geek Chat. Thank you so much for, for listening and checking us out. Um, we do this show once a week. Uh, quick announcement, though. Uh, Rich and I will be going on a short hiatus for two weeks as uh, we have family obligations that we have to do. Both Rich and myself, so we will not be doing shows for the next two weeks, but we will be returning in two weeks. So in three please, weeks. in three weeks, sorry, in three weeks. So please stay tuned. Um, you can always send us an email at thegeekchat at gmail or you can join the Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, uh, search the groups for the Geek Chat, and join the fun. So uh, we have a whole bunch of number ones to re- to review and a couple other. Uh, books that are starting all new uh, story arcs. So we really hope that you enjoy it, you know, and let us know. Come and let us know. So what is our first book, Rich? This first book is from DC, our only DC book this week. It is DC Universe Rebirth The Batman, number 21, The Button, The Button. 1. Don't press the button. This is going to be a little crossover between The Flash and Batman, who they're both the world's greatest detectives, I guess. Well, I thought Batman was the world's greatest detective, and, and um, The Flash was the world's greatest uh, criminologist. I there guess we it, go, something. I guess he's a. I guess that is kind of a detective, but it's such, such, such an unlikely team-up, because you don't, in the histories of DC, you really don't think of The Flash and Batman teaming up. It's always Batman and Superman, and The Flash and Green Lantern. You know, you, I don't really think about you know the two of them or it's green lantern in the or in the atom so batman's always been that loner or or being surrounded by little kids <laughs> his little kids that die yes little kids that die funny story i was watching um so real quick before we go into the issue into the issue i was watching i i was i'm home alone you know the hubby is out of town and i caught up on powerless and that show is i mean the show is just silly. It, you watch, you don't watch it for anything cool. You just watch it just to be silly, and it's a really good time waster. And there was an episode in which the Waynes, one of the, uh, they work in Hub City or whatever, this other place, Charm City, and they're in R and D development. But the the manager uh, is Alan Turduck, and he's he's this complete another asshole. I love him to death. He he he's a distant distant cousin of of Bruce Wayne. And he always wanted to be a Robin, so they made this plastic suit, Robin suit for him. So he's dressed up like Robin, and and one of the girls, uh, inadvertently dates a henchman, one of Riddler's henchmen, and so he comes into the building and dresses as Robin. They freak out, like it's Robin, run! Batman's around, and they run away. And he's looking, and like he had tied up the girlfriend, and and he's like looking at the girl, and he's like, I need you to cut me out of this, and. Because he always wanted, because the, the the he had a muscle suit. It was just it, it, it was just silly because he was he wanted to be Robin so much. And when they were talking to him about it, he's like, you know, you do know you do realize that two of Robin's wards have already died. And he's like, oh, so so he's it's like so good job turnover. I I like that. Did the show get better? It really did. Uh, fucking fire from um uh, Justice League Internationals on the show now. I didn't even realize that. I watched the first two episodes. It was not for me. Um, it, it is definitely a slow burn, but the reason why I watch it is because of the DC references. Like, they reference everyone. They reference The Flash. They reference Batman, Superman, um, all the criminals. It's just it's just a fun show about these people. I mean, I really would wish they would do something like that with Damage Control, you know, and put that on another channel. Although we're going to get Damage Control in, um, in uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man. Cool. To show to uh Spider Man sing movie. Moose movie. It's that a movie. Thing. Well anyway, back to back All to right. comics. I'm sorry this little tangent, but that's okay. But that show's not that bad. And I think you guys should really check it out. Just hulu it, sit down, and just watch it. It's not that bad. So the button 
Back is, to the buttons. Uh, part one, a four-part crossover, where in DC Rebirth, the very first issue, they found the the Watchmen smiley face button, which, as a retailer, is unavailable because there's so many rights get being tied up. DC can't get buttons to stores. How ridiculous! What is the that? the yellow button with the yep, blood splatter? They used to be available. We used to carry them. But now they're unavailable. I wonder what that button is now. Oh no! So I had one. So and that's the comedian's button from yes. the Watchmen, if you don't know, or at least we think it is. And the entire issue, pretty much the entire issue, is made up of nine panels, just like the graphic novel. In it, um, we get a little bit more with uh, the Legion of Superheroes. I'm telling you, it's Princess Projectra. Or uh, Saturn? Oh no, it's, uh, it's Saturn Girl. They've already said. They already said it was Saturn Girl. They pretty much said. I don't think it, it's yeah. Saturn Girl. Okay. Seriously, the reason why is because she's getting premonitions. She's getting premonitions of things that are happening, and she keeps talking about the Legion. That's uh, what's her name? Projector. Uh, uh, Uncle Charles knows. Phantom Girl? No, not Phantom not Phantom Girl. Girl. It's it's sen not Sensor Girl. Uh, okay. Moon Princess or something. Uh, and I have to look it up. So keep talking. I look all right. Now. So the whole thing is. Takes place in like five minutes, if that. Um, we get the return spoilers, because you know the show is all about spoilers. The show is? The show. Yeah, it's a podcast show. Our show is all about spoilers. So, in it, Eobard Thawne comes back, the reverse flash, yay. And then he sees God, who Whoa. everyone's saying God is blue in his eye. So that's... Well... So we see that there's a lot of violence going on because they're watching stuff, and and it seems like as as uh, Batman is monitoring all this different stuff, there seems to be a lot of violence breaking out, and we see uh, Psycho Psycho Pirate's mask, and, and that so it's activates like, okay, something. Yeah, and, and so Flash is is coming to help the Flash. Is, so Batman calls the Flash and says, "Hey." We had a reaction. You need to come in. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of something. Some people are attacking. I'll meet you in like two minutes or five minutes or however long, you know. And then that time frame, which I thought was really it's cool. It's a minute. It's, the whole issue takes place in the span of a minute. Well, I think a little bit more because it starts It starts for a minute right here, but there yep. was some shit going on before it. Anyway, so it takes place, the whole thing takes place like five minutes. So so the Flash is doing his thing. And while the Flash is, is on his way or the minute is counting down, Batman is fighting the reverse Flash. And I thought that was so cool how Batman you know, was using his mind to say like, okay, you have to concentrate in order to shift your body to, to do that stuff. So he stabs him in the foot, which dream is dream girl, dream girl. Yes. Thank you. It just hit me. Okay. You had a dream about her. I did. Uh, so, uh, so he stabs him in the foot, which causes him to lose his concentration. And so Batman kind of gets a couple punches on him, but then, but then, uh, Fawn, of course, you know, gets his composure back, vibrates out, out of the batarang and then takes the button and says let's see what this is and then he's gone for like a split second and then he comes back and he like what did he say he said like i saw it. i saw god what do you say oh it he is says, god god i saw god and in the eyeball that they show it's a blue and the energy surrounding him is blue which is all to make us think that is dr manhattan yeah yeah and then that's how it was and then he died like he literally, and if you notice, which I thought was really kind of cool, is how he's dressed and the skeleton reminds me of uh, when the Flash died in uh, Crisis on Infinite, mm -hmm. on Infinite Earths. So I'm thinking, okay, this is the opening salvo and some really cool stuff, which and means that Flash shows up late. Yeah, and Flash was late because he tried to she tried to do something. So so Flash was late because Flash is always late, <laughs> and Batman even says it. When he thought that it was Flash being there, because like you're you're, you're very rarely early, yeah. And then it was Thawne. I don't know. Like, what do you think is what do you think this is about? Like, what do you think is gonna happen? Like, I'm excited. So when I read it the first time, I read it and I was like, oh, this is this is okay. And then I went back to actually look through and like look at the art and see how pages were laid out. And for a first issue of this little crossover, having it take place in such a small span of time, I think that also says something to where he... Oh, we didn't even do the credits. I know. It's good. I totally forward. forgot um, no, where finish King your is thought. going. Finish your thought. Finish well, your no, thought. that was it. I think the way this was laid out and the way he wrote it, 
and the way the Watchman symbol is everywhere in the Batcave, it'll be interesting after f the four issues are out to go back after we know how it ends to see if he put anything in the pages. Um, in between the panels. Yeah. And then thinking about, and then thinking about, um, we got to see Flashpoint version of His Thomas dad, Wayne. dad, yeah. And the letter that he wrote got ripped up. Yeah. So, we've, Which means we, they kind of, happen. they kind of, um, they gave it away on a cover a couple months ago that Thomas Wayne was going to be in it. So, that isn't his dad, but it is a version of his dad. So, I think it is his dad. Because, because if you have, I'm, I'm only going to say that is because, because this all is referring back to what happened in Flashpoint. You know, with, with the reverse Flash. But Flashpoint wouldn't be necessarily him or his dad. Because remember, in Flashpoint, Flashpoint, he was dead. No, Bruce Flash, was dead. Yeah, but 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 Thomas wasn't. Correct. So that's what I'm thinking. I I think we're gonna get a little bit of pre-flashpoint stuff, or that flashpoint stuff mixed in with this, because I think it was because I think what happened is, and please you know chime in in the in the in the um, if you want to go to Facebook group and let and us know. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking what's gonna happen is if you remember Flashpoint. It was the Flash that created the Flashpoint paradox, all right, by going back in time, right? And then when he was setting it back to normal is when the weird shit happened. And the New 52. Yeah, and I'm thinking it was that weird shit that was happening while Flash was trying to put it back, everything the way it was, is when is when Dr. Manhattan stepped in. See, and that... That's what I think happened. That presents it as... We know the New 52 was not DC... How, how did... What's an easy way to put this so people realize it? When we had the 75 years prior, or however many years prior, and then Flashpoint happened, Flashpoint was the lead-in to the New 52, yes. but wasn't necessarily the DC universe we all knew, whatever Earth it was on. No, I get it. It yeah. became known, letting them know. Oh, that was that nine that, that nine or however many issues so it was. So it ended up being um, remade wrong. And then while reading... Action in Superman the last month, we learned that those two now have come together. Wonder Woman, something has happened. She knows her life's been a lie, especially with the New 52 run. Yeah. So this is really going to help now in DC's mystery of the two years that they said they were going to do. Mm -hmm. This book, I think, is going to start answering questions. And much like we said on the last episode, or a couple episodes ago... When Superman was merged together, what is that going to do to the Batman character? And what is that going to do to the Flash character? Especially knowing that Flash is the cause of all of it. I think what's going to happen, honestly, is... And if you remember back... If you remember back to um, Legion Lost, when they came back in time... And they said that... They couldn't because there's something blocking them. Correct. I honestly believe that this whole DC Universe 52 is taking place in a sphere that is controlled by Dr. Manhattan. And when Eobard Thawne took the button, he was transported out of it, saw him, and then there went, came back. Because and then, of there's course, all the these god doors. got pissed. Yeah, and remember, there's all these doors, the keys opening doors, so it's leading to another place outside of, outside of the New 52. And we know someone wanted the key to find out what's going on with these new Rebirth people. We just yep. don't know who that person was. Mm -hmm. We know that Dr. Oz over in Superman has been causing trouble also watching. He's collected Robin, Tim Drake. He's collected, uh, we think... Uh, Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday. There was that guy that broke out that neither of us know his name. I don't know. Or was that Mixie? Well... Mixie was the one that broke out. He was. I thought that other guy got out too. I don't so, know, but it's, it's an interesting... See, here's the thing though. Drink. Drink. DC is doing a really good job of thinking about it. Whether this is all connected or whatever, I don't know. I think. Well, with Jeff Johns in the helm, I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping because Jeff John is always that type. Is always that guy that goes back and says, "What have what have what have other writers done that we can actually mine to make this shit start to make sense?" And I think that's what's happening now. I really hope that after this two years, we don't go back to a new Fifty Two. If anything, I hope that DC brings even more of that old continuity and makes it work within their new DC timeline because we really do want 
I think that's another reason why we haven't gotten Legion. I think they're too worried about setting everything right right now to worry about what's going to happen in the future. And I think hopefully when they do make it right, we will get the Legion back. I agree. So uh, we spent a lot of time on that because DC, from from my opinion, I think Rich can agree, has been really, really good the last, the last couple of years. They're trying. They really are yeah, trying. Yeah, and I think they're really giving us what they're giving the fans what they want you know it's a slow that's burn not good enough for some though unfortunately yeah, that's, that's how it is you can't please everybody with a pie you know it's just you just can't so moving on to this is not chocolate pie <laughs> moving on to nick fury number one uh writer was where james is? robinson james robinson uh artist oh there it is artist was echo was the penciler uh hugo petrus is, was the uh inker Rochelle Rosenberg was the colorist, and Travis Lanham was the letterer. And we had uh, various different covers uh, by lots, uh, of lots of different people on the Bill Shankowitz uh, hip-hop variant cover, which would be cool. Um, so, Nick Fury, he's black, he's young, and he's back. And he's, he's and still he's, got one eye. Still got one eye. It's white now, although I don't think, his, I don't think it should be white. I know it goes with his powder or periwinkle blue suit as he's actually back in the field <laughs> and he's causing a distraction. The only problem why I don't think it should be white is because if it's white, they can see it and they can aim at it. It's like good point. You know, I'm like you, 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 you're a secret, you're a secret agent. Like I, I know again, you want to be stylish, but come on, it should be black. Have like, those sharpshooters in here. The Hydra agents are all fucking stormtroopers. None of them can hit nothing. Yeah, so it's kind of like Casino Royale. He like he comes in, he has to steal something. Um, lots of bedlam and stuff goes off. People know, of course, he's there because he's fucking James Bond. He literally walked in like a powder blue suit with like a polka dot tie. So he's not, he's definitely not sneaking into this casino. He's causing a distraction and he's like, like he's out there doing stuff. Oh, it's weird though, because I was like, he's like the head of shield, but he's not the head oh, of no, shield sorry, anymore. Sorry, sorry. It's Captain America. Sorry. Or Hydra Captain, Captain Hydra. Or Steve whatever. Rogers is Steve the Rogers. head of Steve. Hey, Hydra Rogers is the, so so yeah. So he's he's a field operative. He's out there doing his own thing, uh, stealing stuff from Hydra. And then we get what is it, Frankie Noble, agent of Hydra. So we get his nemesis, which is a who's wearing a wig. I loved that at the end. Yeah, she pulls the wig off. She's got like a she's got like she's wearing a white outfit with the with the Hydra symbol on her chest. She's got she's got her what is it? I can't remember the the the, the it's called a gun. Well, it's a gun, but it's it's like a Luger. She has like because it's a German. She hocked a Luger. It's called a Luger. Oh, it's like okay. a German gun that all the Germans, all yes. the Germans use. And she has two. What's female... German for yes? Hi, hi. No, that's Japanese. Oh, <laughs> da, da. That's no, Russian. So uh, I don't know. Why are you asking me these things? Anyway, so the 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 ladies of Hydra. You know, sounds like the ladies of Glow, like ladies. Ladies of, of Hydra. So she's I like would a badass. Read that book, the ladies of Hydra. <laughs> So they fight. So everyone fights. Lots of shit going on. Uh, lots of really cool visuals. This book looks amazing. Aiko is doing fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, they came from uh, yeah. Midnighters. Uh, and I really think that this is really... It's really good. Like, I think goes really doing a really... Like, just the color schemes work well. The negative, the negative color space. It's very pop artish. And then he escapes and gets to his. This is very. This is very modern. It's very clean. He gets out. He has. A, he has a flying car. She has. It's just. It's a lot of really cool visuals. That's one of the things about this book that I really enjoyed. Was the visuals? The plot itself was like, uh, you know, he's breaking in. He's trying to steal stuff. You know. Yeah. So you're introducing the main villain, or this villains of this arc, and you're introducing the character. I get that. Um, but what is the real star or the standout of this book is the art, the art direction, the style, how everything is kind of shifted up, uh, diagonal little boxes, giant boxes, a lot of splash pages, lot, very colorful, just a very beautiful book with, in, with inlays. And then she, yeah, she took off her wig at the end and she's standing on this rock. It's a very beautiful book. I was, I picked this book up. You know, because I really don't know much about the new Nick Fury. And I picked this book up because, like, hey, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see what's going on. And I tell you, I was really, like, I was really sort of blown away by the art. And I really believe in this instance, and I'm a fan of James Robinson, but in this instance, the art really over outshined the, the writing in this. Um, 
so it's at this point it's the it's the art that's keeping me but i'm really hopeful that that the story melds into something that's that's really fantastic as well what do you think rich about the same so i have <laughs> i i give zero shits about this new nick fury didn't really care for the old one that much don't really like this one think unnecessary why give him a, a book no one he is so not shield anymore and I'm like, okay, let's read it. I loved Aiko on Midnighter. That first book was amazing. The layouts. He brings that and more to this. I, the, it's Starenko meets Aiko. I mean, he uses. Very clean style. Very beautiful. The colors, the pop colors. It is a, a gorgeous book. The the layouts, the page layouts, the story it was, it's a sentence. I mean, really, there's no story here. And that is one of the things I agree 100% with you on. The only reason I will be reading issue two is for the gorgeous art. The art is, is just great porn for your eyes. It just makes you so happy the way he draws this. Do you think that, one thing I want to, I want to, talk about because you know we can we can compare and contrast you know echo's work from you know when they were on um a midnighter because if this one maybe it's the inker or the colorist it seems like this one has a lot more life to it than oh it's definitely the colorist and the in the inker i'm thinking you the know. inker too because in his midnighter it was heavy yeah it was heavy because it was violent and they needed to show the violence and they used color and the heavy inking in this there are some straight up beautiful pages that would work alone on just your wall. I it, and it shocks me that there's that's a car, it's an explosion, but it is done in such bright pop colors that it you know that someone got caught in the explosion, but the page alone is luscious in what it is. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest difference between. Even his layout or his um his line work and his figure work, looking at the women on the page and it still harkens back to the Red Skull. There's a lot in this where he adds so much. Your eyes don't know where to look. And I went through this book a couple times because, uh, for example, there's a thing in here with a painting and it's, it's like a Warhol. It's a Warhol of the Red Skull. I don't know. So for me, to be honest, this could have been any name. It didn't have to be Nick Fury. They could have inserted any random S.H.I.E.L.D. character, and this book would have worked the same. I hate to say that. Anyone could have been in this book. I feel the art, like you said, really overshadowed this light plot, but that's what made it work. Yep. I Don't mean, Aiko was on his top game here. Don't it's pick it gorgeous. up. Uh, I just want to say, did you you didn't do this, did you? I did not. Okay, so for Batman, let's go back. Tom King did the script. Jason Fabok, beautiful pencilers. We didn't say anything about his art. He did the pencils and the inks. It is one of the most beautiful Batman flash books I've seen in a long time. Brad Anderson did the colors. Again, he, the way he pulled those blues out and then the yellows really made it hit. Uh, Deron Bennett did the letters. Fabok and Anderson did uh, cover A, and there was a very limited uh, 3D lenticular cover. I wish they hadn't gone with a gimmick. I wish they had just been confident in the book. Unfortunately, it did have a gimmick cover. So, next up on our number one journey, Tuskegee Airs, Flames of Destiny, number one. Now, this is not a Marvel or DC book, or any... This is a, a very small, self-published. We got some in for the store. Uh, story is Marcus Williams and Greg Burnham. Art was Marcus Williams. Colors, Omaka Schultz, pages 1 through 17. And the additional inks was by Brandon Page. Um, it was Kickstarter. It was Kickstarter. published Yep. By uh, the these folks, uh, I know Marcus Williams is one of the people who was really kind of spearheading uh, this book being released. And uh, what do you think of it, Rich? I actually really liked it. What? So I watch a lot of the 
on Cartoon Network shows. Voltron was on Netflix. He's a he is a closet mech lover. Kind of yes. Because he loves and I Transformers. absolutely love Transformers. Like y'all don't understand. I love Transformers. So the first half of this book introduces you to these four pilots, and you they give you, you know the different personalities. Like the guy Slip, he really doesn't listen to orders and he does what he wants. And so the first ha- and you also meet the fifth pilot. So the he's first the underdog who doesn't know anything about anybody, but he's really really smart and he's a really good pilot. And so yeah, the first half of the book does a great job setting things up. It 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 sets the world that this is set in. Yeah, it's set in pilot. 2020, 2096. Yeah, so they're 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 African American African American pilots. Yep. Young African American pilots, both male and female, uh, working in a secret pseudo government military uh, arena, and we're learning training, and they're and using they're, yeah. they're using paintball um, ammunition ammunition because it's training, but then something goes horribly wrong. One of the pilots, Genesis, is taken out, and it's up to the team to try to get them back. And there was only one thing I was a little confused on, and maybe you can answer this. First, they get these really cool, like, really awesome jets that they have. Um, the Mustangs. The, the P-5000 Mustangs. and Which is an, up, an upgrade, which is an upgrade from the Mustangs they were training in. Correct. So very sleek, very modern fighter jets. Very cool design. So they're fighting, and they go in. This is when the action hits. I mean, telling you... Halfway through the book, I'm trying to find the middle way. Yeah, pretty much halfway through the book, the first half is all introduction set up, and then the action starts, and we get introduced. I still don't know who this woman was. I was going to ask you who was this woman that jumped in the plane. She I don't was, know where she came from. Well, she was like she, she was one of the people that was um, kidnapped along with Genesis. Uh, she was one of she was one of the weapons designers. I think okay. that's what happened. Well, that's when things hit the fan, and it goes crazy from there. This giant. Mech. Mech monster, totally out of Power Rangers to me, just to me, shows up. And I'm like, what the hell? This is when the book got crazy. Because then one of these Mustangs transforms into this mecha... Mech. Mech giant. Yeah, it was like like Macross. Oh my god. Or Robotech. I mean, it literally, this book takes a lot uh, from Robotech. And it's great. There's this beautiful silver... This beautiful silver, uh, silver-looking, uh, the bipedal mech mode. Yeah, from the from the P five thousand Mustang. You know, it's just sort of like it's sort of like an arrowhead almost, and then it transforms into into like a Gundam. I want this. Like I want this. Yeah, they really need to make they really need to make a toy from this, and then we get the other of the enemy mechs. You know, have like gun pods, and then they have a bipedal mech. It's it. So the art in this, when you think of of indie books, and I'm not talking indie like Image, Dark Horse. I'm talking people that that work their craft and make books. There's a lot, hundreds of them out there. Every day you can go to Kickstarter and you will see someone's up there putting their stuff up. Des and I are going to be doing it. We got our book coming. A lot of times when you look at the art, you're like, okay, holy shit, the this looks like it could be translated right into a cartoon right now. Like the art and the coloring, very impressive. What hit me though, guys, I'm telling you, second half of this book, bam, it, it hit me in that sweet spot where I'm like, oh, now I want to read number two. But yep. you got to have your setup. You got to introduce yeah, yeah. characters. You got to get past all that to get mm. to the good stuff. And they did that. Yeah, I want to know more about the villains. I want to know more about the world they're living in. I thought it was really good. Um, I think it's great, and really, you guys, the, the the pushing force for this is Marcus is uh, Marcus Williams. You should really go check out his stuff. He posts almost every day. You guys really should go support this book because this is a book that does not have. Um, it's a creator owned thing. Like he kickstarted this book. It's definitely worth your time and your money. If you see them at a con. Definitely go and and support this book. It is great. And as far as I know, right now I'm the only store i think in san francisco that has it but i'll tell you look for it. it it was really good so let's do another one that shocked me so it's shaolin cowboy 
Uh, it's what? Is that how you say it? Say how do you say it? Shaolin? Shaolin. Shaolin. That's what I Shaolin. said. Shaolin. Shaolin. Shaolin in the house. Cowboy. It's Who Will Stop the Rain, R-E-I-G-N, one of four. Jeff Darrow did the story, Darrow. the art, and the cover. What did I say? Jeff Darrow. That's how I say it's things, Jeff okay? Darrow. I don't care. It's how I say things. Dave Stewart. Yes. Stewart. Yes. Uh, did the colors. Nate Picos of Blamblot did the lettering, and Frank Miller did the variant cover. But all mine were damaged. If you have, and you have, if you have not seen this, Google this, this image. You really need to Google because Frank Miller is just out of control with his with his crotches. It's just seriously the like Shaolin the bulge, cowboy has a big that, that old. Was, he has a big old. That basket. was a Shaolin bulge right that there. Was. Like that that bulge is in three D coming at you with a kung fu grip. That shit was crazy. It was. So you have read this. You, oh, you're familiar. You read it too. I know. I went first on that. Um, you've read these before, though. Yes. You've read, you, you enjoy this series. Yes. I've, so I have you knew huge, what was going on. I've been a huge fan of Jeff Darrow's for a very long time. Darrow's. Shut up. Uh, from, from Rusty, the boy robot, big guy, Rusty boy robot, uh, hard-boiled. I was a huge fan, so I followed him throughout the years. And so when he's doing his own creator-owned you know, stuff like Shell and Cowboy, I follow suit. And I'm a huge lover of kung fu movies. And this is this is literally a kung fu movie um, in comic book form. Uh, it's about, you know, a guy who wears red and yellow, little... little Avatar? Shut up. He's, he, he's, like a, he's like a... He's like a, you know, very unassuming guy you know fat guy yeah chubby little asian guy but he he's like a master of death he, he can like he's like killing people blocking their eyes out and this takes place right after his last uh series that came out i think two years ago yes which i'm pissed is unavailable it's already out of print in which he at the end of the climax of that one he had to basically kill this giant set of of zombies and he had a pole that he had taped two chainsaws to the end and was like swinging it around like a bow staff, just chopping them up and shit. It was amazing. So it starts off with that of him coming, coming out of, of trying not to die as he was meditating. And so he's learning, he's learning, you know, from his Shaolin, you know, the, the Shaolin masters telling him, you know, you have to use your, you know, your chakras, you have to release your, your, your inner power in, in order to stop the bleeding and to heal yourself as well as, as well as um, it's uh, Robert Mitchum as a cowboy is also trying to encourage him. So these two figures are encouraging him because he doesn't really speak that much. It's all the, the weird ancillary shit. I don't think he spoke shit. at all. I don't think he does. The weird ancillary shit that's going around him in this world because it's a very modern world, but it has weird stuff to it. Like the, the, the vultures talk. And if, you, and if you watch Jeff, and if you look at Jeff Darrow's stuff, he fills every page with, yes. with fantastic imagery. That the was one of the things I loved. So, so one of the one of the um, not the one of the judges, but one of the the, the claim the claimsmen of hell were were sent to 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 uh, get him. But the thing is, only the only way that he could his his life force could be summoned is if he says his whole name and. This motherfucker tries. He says, "L." And he says, every "I will." Name. He says, "I will kill you." Shallon says, "You, you know, you, 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 you can't kill me before the name is your name is said." So Shallon, this is giant green, greenish like God. Think of um, James Cameron's uh, "Big Trouble in Little China" is another good example. This is giant, you know, sword wielding demon, and he has to, you know, he kills the guy, and it, it was just really cool, and then. His major villain, the major villain, is a, I'm assuming, a telepathic crab. Sits on this Nazi woman's head. And there's, like, Nazis that he has to fight, and the, it's, it's the crab, and so this this crab wants to kill him, and the crab is from the other store. It's just a very, like, it's a bizarre story, but it is so good. I really wish someone would make Shaolin Cowboy into a movie. Although I don't think they could because it is it is pretty ultra violent at the same time. But but Jeff Darrow is known for his ultra violent um, imagery in his comics. But it's so good, like and just the random shit people say on the on the the random shit people say in the panels because literally you're sitting there watching what's going on 
and the the imagery that you're watching has nothing to do with what people are saying because there's so many like people just just around because he feels so much stuff in the page. Such a great book for for just just a really good book. You guys should really go pick it up if you can find it. So I have to say I I remember reviewing the number one a long time a couple of years yeah, ago. Two years ago. And I was like, yay, I'm so excited. And I got them all and I read them all and it was amazing. So I didn't read any of them but that one you made me. So I went into this going, oh boy. And I loved it. Loved it. The art is a cross. It's a really good cross between Jose Rip, who I love, and Frank Quitely. And the fact that their panels are full and there's a lot to look at. And we notice things... And he's been around for since longer than both of them. I think the story... <laughs> I think he took from what's going on in our political because throughout oh, yeah. the book, there's Trump with uh, biohazard signs. Oh, yeah. Like, he definitely... And then at the end, when you see all these... Um, I don't even know what they are. They're... they're it's just like neo-Nazi, stupid. white, trash, evil people. I try not to say white trash because oh. white trash is near and dear to my heart. I don't want to make that a bad thing i keep, I keep forgetting i know you? a lot of white trash that are very good people but here they're they're <laughs> just they're not any the dogs have guns and the dogs have the dog the, the dogs have knives for, for feet feet it's just bizarre the, the, it's so, just bizarre again this was another book after i read it i was just i took so long looking at all the little things on the pages because there's the panels are so full, and the story was so much fun, and yeah, there's a scene in which the cowboy is just walking across this like desert. He's got to get to the road, and for some reason, Jeff has decided one whole top panel. You're just listening to people in their cars has nothing to do nope. with the story. You're talking about bullshit, but it's fun to read because you're like, wow, okay. Like, they're talking about a radio station called, his name is Dick Jesus, on the all-Christian, all-American, all-white, all-right, radio, K-R-O-S-S, Dick Jesus, big believer. What kind of gun do you think Jesus carries? Well, bless you, son, to answer your prayer. The son of God don't carry no gun. He is a gun. Next call, I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. you are putting in, there's little things like this, and then the battle with the, the god of, or the, um... The gatekeeper of hell. Yeah, the demon from hell. It A lot was packed into this book, and we still have the number one. I really recommend you pick it up while you can. It was a really good book. Really good. We're hitting them here, people. The next one, again, really good book. Well, I'll let Dez tell no, you why no, he liked it. No, so, you go first this time. It's Cullen Bunn. Oh, we're reading, reviewing Monsters Unleashed. Jesus, I never thought I'd read this book, but... <laughs> Monsters Unleashed, the new ongoing number one, directly from Marvel. Colin Bunn was the writer. David Baldion was the artist. Mark Marcio Marcio Menez was the color artist. VCs Travis Lanham did the lettering. The main cover was done by Arthur Adams and Peter Stigwald. And then there was a ton more. Marvel loves their variant covers. So there was a mini series that went on. It just ended a couple about a month ago called Monsters Unleashed, in which there's this boy, Kid Kaiju, who can draw monsters and they come to, to life. life. Yep. Also in this book, as his protector, is Elsa Bloodstone. His, yeah, his bodyguard. Who was in the... Who I found out was in the Monsters Unleashed. So, okay. So, real quick about Monsters Unleashed. I didn't buy that book because each issue was $4.99. Oh. I was annoyed to hell for that. Yep. And it pissed me off now. So he asked if there was a trade. So I said, oh, let me look. Click, 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 click. There's a hardcover coming out of five issues in a deluxe hardcover for 50 fucking dollars. That now takes it from $5 an issue to $10 an issue. It, so Des was like, doing. fuck that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I still had him order the comics for me. <laughs> so I want to read it because I really enjoyed this book. Like, and Herbie is in it. Of and all Herbie's things, Herbie's in it. I love kaiju. I love monsters. I love. I'm a fan of um, giant Robo and the the old uh, Japanese in which you had the mechs 
fighting giant robots and there's a kid who controlled a robot and shit like that. So I, so I, I love stuff like that. And to have this kid who can create, who can create these monsters and they obey him and they're all running around doing fighting giant monsters. I'm thinking, okay, I'll give it a try. But the one thing that really sold it for me, aside from the story by Colin Bunn, who was really good because I think he's really good at capturing, um, the kids kid kid kaiju is kind of like i'm trying to find what's going on but he it's the artwork the artwork really fits with what's going on in this book it's colorful it's fun the the monsters look interesting i really was like okay and animax is in it i remember you loved her from that one issue of all new x-men where she showed up uh it was that one and then she was in riri too and then this one page yeah, and I was like, it was great. And then and I love that damage control was in it. I love that Herbie was in it. I love that uh, Elijah Bloodstone is in it. I've always loved that character. I thought it was just like, wow. And she's is- still fighting her own monsters. Yes. That aren't giant. She was still killing vampires, which holds up to her character. Yeah, but and I like that all of the kaijus have personality and they speak. I love the crazy one that's like, you will bow before me. You know? and, then, and then there's the actual robot who's like, I can take care of anybody. And then there's the other robot who really wants to take care of him and wants to see what's going on. It's like, there's just a lot of life in these characters and they're all not um, one note as much as most kaijus are because a lot of them don't talk, you know? So, again. You like the talking. I like, because it gives them all a personality. They all have personality. They're not just dumb robots or dumb monsters or dumb right. anything. Like, there are these creatures that he created now. And the reason why this book exists is because all of the ones that, that were created um, when the giant evil monster mind was around, they destroyed the monster mind, I guess, in the in the... In the um, miniseries. In the miniseries. There's no clue he hasn't read it yet. Yeah. And, but then all of the babies or the spawns are now out. And they need to be stopped. Because they're like running rampant. Rampant. But they're not running rampant. They're actually controlled by someone. And oh that my God. someone is fucking Mole Man. I was like, what the fuck is Mole Man doing but in this he's, book? He's doing it for another clandestine, another clandestine people. Which I thought was so cool. There's so much shit going on in this book that I was awesome. And the family dynamics between, you know, Kid Kaiju and his family. And the mom saying, I, I was a school teacher. I can t- teach him. And then Herbie's saying so. So much life in yeah, this Herbie's book. Yeah, Herbie's now a tutor. Yeah, there's so much life in this book. It's so then great. you get to the last page. And that is where I'm like, God Damn it! Now I have to read the book, all for one character. Well, because you, now you know there's a, there's a secret cabal called the Intellectia, uh, Intelligentsia. Yeah, who, which who, isn't new. It's something they, no, they've no. done before. But it's a reformed, and it's Modok 2.0, the Mad Thinker, the leader, and Rick's favorite character, Mister Fucking Sinister. Why he's there, I have no idea. No idea why he's no. wearing that outfit, which he hasn't worn. But this was the outfit I'm pretty sure he wore when Bun wrote. Uncanny X Men. Yeah, I just think Bun three, likes four him. years ago. I do too. Don't fuck this up. I just think Bun likes it. But I, why is so he is there? Shit. Like I can understand the Mad Thinker and the leader and Modok, and then you put him. Yeah, he was kind of the weird one. And I was like, well, I'll read it. Okay. I'm definitely gonna pick it up. Like yes. I was like, wow, this is. A, I I enjoyed the book more than I thought it would. Seriously. So I want to say the colors. Hold on, especially if the artist stays on. Oh well, I was gonna say first. I want to get to the colors. The colors are very bright, very bright, almost like Nick Fury, but in the opposite way. Nick Fury was about that pop. This just, it is a kid-friendly, all-ages, but yet adult book. And David Baldion, I remember from X-Men Legacy. Oh, yeah. He would draw that, and I liked his art. And the thing was... This woman, Gloria, looks exactly like his frenzy to me. I was like, yeah. the facial, the way it's structured, and I was like, this is this a, is how I knew it was him. This is, but this is a lot more um, his monster, Kitty, he, yeah, not Kitty, but it's just, it's not it's not as it's not softer than the yes. he's writing for X. It is very, but like you said, the art on this made this book for me because when you have giant monsters, I don't think a realistic artist. I think they'd have a hard time putting their realistic um, lines and figures in with these giant monsters. I don't know if it would work with this book. Well, yeah, because either you have to – I think you have to go for a specific tone with the monsters because either you need to make them like look terrifying and monstrous or you need to make them look a little bit more um, – Playful. 
Well, not playful, but just was not as not as like demonic or all monstrous. of these look playful. I mean, even the even the one notice thing that wants to eat you, they're still cute. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they're it it it, it looks like a book that could be on on a cartoon channel. Yes, and, and I really would love high to praise. see. Yeah, I really would like to see the this. same as Tuskegee Airs. That the art looks like you'd see it on a TV channel. Yeah. It, it's a really good book. I really think you should give it a try. I I'd, I I do not condone you guys having to buy the other book because they really tell you a little bit what's going on in this one. So if you do, if you want to save your money, you really don't need to. You really do no, not need to buy that. We did a. They do a pretty good job letting yeah. you know what happened through. Through little interactions between the characters and between uh, Eliza. Yeah, and in the beginning, in the beginning, there really is no recap, which nope. is fine. Which is weird for a Marvel book. It is kind of weird because every other fucking book has a recap. But I think the reason why they did this is because they want people to buy this stuff. I mean, come on, think about it. Yeah, but a recap would help. But it's in the in the back. They give a little bit, a little, a little bit, like a little bit, like none, like none. So. All right, great book though. So we're gonna skip that. We'll just go right to this. Um, so the next book we're going to read... You want to do that one? It's a book that... Um, so out of... Well, we're not going to read it. We already read it. So <laughs> so we have Secret Empire coming up. And there was a series of books that you could have read in order to get more of the story. Because the story has been really slowly building up through Steve Rogers, Captain America, yep. Sam Wilson, Captain America, yep. and the Thunderbolts. Yep. If you haven't been reading those... Um, some of this might sound like a bit of a shock going into it. So we're only going to talk about, we're really just going to skim over a little bit for, of, uh, U.S. Agents number five. Avengers. Sorry, U.S. Avengers, sorry, number five and Captain America number 16, as they are the last two books, aside, aside from Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, which he that didn't really, read. That really, that really, that really kind of set the tone. I guess, Thund uh, and you can talk more about Thunderbolts, though. Just so really Thunderbolts, quick. Thunderbolts really just set up, it's the last issue of the series for now. It's going on a hiatus because things that happened in it. So half the team betrayed Bucky. Uh, betrayed Bucky and went over to Baron Zemo's side. The other ones, one of them actually might be dead. Uh, we learned that Songbird is alive. There, we don't know what happened to Abe. Um, Jolt came back and exploded. So the ghost, they brought the fucking ghost back. You know, I love that character. Mm -hmm. He now has a part of her. And she, I don't know what that's gonna set up. Part of who? Part of Jolt. The, oh wow! The the, yeah. the girl that was light that mm -hmm. came back. I remember. Um, and in it, you see uh, Baron Zemo stick Bucky back on the plane because he's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's on it, and that's how it ends. It's so silly. Like, I, uh, yeah, I was reading it, and so Bucky because was that tied. goes. Yes, that goes into Captain Bucky America. Bucky tied to a fucking like bomb again. Yep. And, yep, um, because he wants to get it right. He wants yeah, to get it right this time for his dad. So in USA of U.S. Avengers, the whole thing here was about trust because Cap shows up to talk to Bobby and to assess him. Yes, to assess him to see how this is going to work because Bobby's done something that no one else has done, and that is take control of a bad guy organization, turn them good into a force for good. America. Yeah. Uh, so he talks. To Bobby really feels him out on everything. You get the other side plots. I think the other side plots uh, are a little less necessary, but um, we get the Red Hulk, which is the general from what, what was the book before this? I forgot what it was I called. Uh, he can only turn to the Hulk for a certain amount of time. They're going to try to fix it. I was happy that uh, Arthur Nagin was back. Which is so him. bizarre. Remember Ruby? Yeah. Thursday, well, it wasn't Ruby Tuesday. That's a restaurant. Ruby, it had to be Ruby Thursday. I think it was. Start with the red. Like, I love the old She-Hulk villains. They were She-Hulk. Yeah. Would always show up. I loved them. So it was good to see him. Um, and then with the two, the the lesbian... Um, couple. Couple. Uh, Iron Patriot and... Yeah. Uh, the one doesn't understand why Tony is building all these... She's about... Um, uh, not causing violence yet. She's building all these weapons, yep. and that that is the next little plot line that we have. So there's smaller plot lines going through the book, which is going to lead to a bigger one. The one that I was like, oh my god, we finally see Cannonball. His son has the same power he does, sort of, sort of. 
he, he like a force field yes. kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see that because but, he literally had the baby strapped to his chest while they're flying around. He's flying. And the shit. first thing I thought of was, yeah, what? And but then, then you learn it's the baby that's actually. Yeah, the, the baby is protecting the dad because yeah. he has a little bit of a, a force field going on. In. So it looks like Cannonball might be leaving Earth to go stay with Izzy on their planet, and I was like. All right, it's it's good for the character to move on, but I'm quite sad. But the main thing that really stuck out, though, was the fact that he found that uh, Robert... Roberto. Ro- sorry, Roberto had trained the operatives in the ways of mind shielding. Right. Ha- what he learned from Professor X. Right, so one of the things Desna and I both so agree cool. on is that when we want continuity in our comic books, we necessarily... We don't necessarily need... Exact happening, exact happening, because things change. But but when you take this, and you know that, that Sunspot and Cannonball and Karma, all of them, were trained by Xavier, and both sets of students learned how to protect their minds. And Bobby did that again with AIM. And it's like, thank you. That you mm-hmm. sh- It shows that you're not throwing everything away. You're keeping stuff, and it works into the storyline yep, exactly. that's going on. And that, that made the issue for me. Yep. It was so good. It was really cool to see that. Which so, l- so now that Captain America's like, now I have to find another way to deal with you because yes. you can't deal with, what's his name, Faust. Or yes. Faust can't, Faust. Bra- can't brainwash you. And the other thing in U.S. Avengers is after he gets this visit from Steve Rogers, the very end is when all hell breaks loose which goes into Secret Empire Zero, and Bobby is just kind of staring at the screen going, what, what the, the hell? hell? Yeah. And he, like, drops his cup because he sees you've got the Chitari, you've got the Wrecking Crew and all the villains, and you've got Hydra. But yet, in this, no one knows it's Steve yet. So yep. he just knows something's happened. Yep. And then, then Captain America, and then Captain Cap- America number 15. It wraps 16. everything yeah. up. It really... St- finishes uh captain america's history it finishes it it tells him what's going it tells everyone what's going on his mother's still alive and the seer oh that was great i've been reading it and to find out they mm-hmm. kept his mother alive yep oh that and was great the, and then the seer you know i didn't like the how the, the the art changed from different things because i think they might have been pulled from other books you notice that it wasn't it's the same artist so no no, no. It, it is the, yeah the artist of the thunderbolt section is actually the artist of Thunderbolts. No, that's what I mean. It's like they, they it's it's like it seems like some of this should have been in in the Thunderbolts because right. the, the art changed. I see what you're saying. See, yeah, it is. It seems like maybe there are issues that they're just like we're gonna make this as a composite issue to get that's, everything done. I, that's what they were. I oh, okay. I really think that. I think that's really. I think it's what happened too. And then the CEO turned out to be Madame Hydra, and then I was like, wow. And then and then Maria Hill's running. She turned to she turned to fucking uh, Rick Jones for help. Rick Jones sold that bitch out. Uh-huh. I was like, "How dare you!" And then he gets, and then the Red Ant Man or whatever knocks him out. So Taskmaster and Red Ant found out. Oh yeah, they knew, and that is why they're working on that side because they had I mean, a better offer. I mean, if you have a better think, offer, you have I a better offer. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna turn on. Oh them. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so the end of this sets up Steve Rogers talking to everybody in Hydra. Behind a a, a a masked figure saying, I am your leader, but I can't tell you who I am just yet. We're saving that for the main book. I mean, I, I, <laughs> really, he could have said that too. We're saving that. We're saving that. For we're saving that so you pay. But the biggest <laughs> thing pay. is. Oh, fucking Bucky. Is yeah. Bucky blew up. Yeah. He didn't die. Oh, no. No, no, no. He gets transferred away onto the moon by the man on the moon. Nick Fury then transferred him away. So the very end of it, it's Hail Hydra, which leads directly into Secret Empire Zero. Um, so let's, since we didn't give you any names, I'll give you names. Talk for a little bit while I find the names. Uh, yeah. So Steve Rogers, you know, sets his masterstroke, and this is basically all set up. We get to see the beginning in which um, he is being indoctrinated, and I think what's happening in that process, which I thought, was he was seeing his real life, and they were telling him to reject it. And be like, no, this isn't. This is lies. This is not who you really are. And I think that's one of the things that's going to happen. I think they're going to get back to that pool, and they're going to use that pool to help him. Or unless the the cubic baby, cosmic cube baby. Is oh, we didn't there. mention that. Uh, in Thunderbolts, she blew up. So the there's cosmic pieces of her. She, there's pieces of her now floating around. Which between Xavier's brain being destroyed, between him killing the Red Skull. 
between finding out that some of his operatives have mind, you know, mind blocks. It's not going to be easy for it to be the king. Yeah, Steve keeps finding these obstacles. So Secret Empire happens. The writer is Nick Spencer. Artist is Daniel Acuna. Prologue artist was Rod Rice. Letter was VC's Travis Lanham. The recap cover page art was Andrea Sorrentino. The cover, beautiful Mark Brooks cover. Fantastic uh, cover. That cover was amazing. Hydra screwed up. They don't know how to spell Michigan. Uh, it's right on the first page. That was the first thing I know when I got. So I got to read this a long time ago, and the very first thing is I noticed the typo. Really, the typo. We're going into this book with a typo. It's yes. Fun. Come on. Maybe, yes. maybe it's New World Order, Michigan. <laughs> maybe it's Secret Empire, Michigan. So in this book, it is everything hits the fan. The um, the masters of disasters or whatever they're calling themselves start to attack New York. We get the defenders. We get. Like everyone's in this book. Everybody is in this. Even people who are like off planet and around yeah. this book. So in it is when they realize that Steve has turned on them. The Chitari come. The brand new. She only was around for a couple. She's not dead. Quasar. The new Quasar is Got dead. Got swallowed. Um, he this turns is, on them. He basically locks them out of Earth. He, he locks out. He locks out. At, um, Alpha Flight out of the yep. Earth, and then he's trying to round up all the other superheroes. Because that, you weren't reading, but that's what Maria Hill wanted. Maria Hill knew. Okay, so you don't know about yeah. that. So this whole thing about being a shield is literally a shield. No one can come in or out. Yeah. But the problem is our heroes are on the outside fighting the Chitauri A lot now. of them, yeah. because This the, is the biggest swarm. Yeah, because the Chitauri were, were duped into bringing their... To, to, they were baited into, into coming. Steve. Yeah. Yep. Steve's been behind in. everything. Um, I really loved the page where Jessica Jones goes to take down Nitro. Because if you remember, Nitro took out Stanford. Yep. And here he is. He blows up. She flew him up into the sky or like, threw him something. Like somewhere. everything in here we've got. One thing I didn't like, though, was fucking Iron Man and Riri escaped. Okay. They don't explain how Tony is back. That I hope we get in it, something. Unless it's an AI. It's, 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 it's the AI that's there to help. Uh, Riri. That's what we're hoping. You know. Uh, it was great It was seeing sad seeing Sharon being... Sharon got betrayed. Oh, that was so sad. She knew. Steve was like, you cannot hurt her. Uh, Dr. Faustus was taking over everyone in the S.H.I.E.L.D. A lot happens in this issue. And I think for... If you look at it... Oh, and then fucking Black Bolt? I was like, what? Or, or, he was back? Yeah. I was like, what? I didn't realize he had died. Blackout. Blackout, sorry. Because he uses the negative force. Yes, Blackout is back. Um, for a zero issue, and people tend to write off zero issues, this is one you issue can't. you needed you to really read. Can't. So I want to ask you, be you, honest you with us. You really our, can't. You really can't. You have to read the zero issue. Be yeah. honest with our listeners. You had zero interest in this. I told you a couple of weeks ago how great it was. What do you think? As as someone who was saying no, it was okay. It was okay. It was it was okay. I wanna. Would I, you read the number one? Uh, yeah, because here's the thing. Drink. Drink this, and and it's a credit to Nick Spencer. Honestly, like I've I've enjoyed his writing, and I, and I enjoy what what he does and what he pulls up. There are so many things that could go wrong. In Steve's um, plan, and Steve's plan, that you do not know which one is going to come up, and I think that that's what I liked about it, because when you have, when you have an event in which all hell breaks loose, there's usually one thing that is telegraphed from the beginning that's going to take them all down, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, that's what happened in Secret, uh, Secret Wars. That's what happened in, in, in all of it, really. What I liked about this one is it was the, the, the building up of it, you know, of him going, culminating in the Zero issue, but he was not able to fully vest everybody. Like, you have Acosta. You know, you have, you, have, you know, uh, US, U.S. Avengers. You have... Um, uh, what possibly could happen with uh, Taskmaster and the Ant-Man. So there's, there's all these other things that might happen. 
that might happen that that I think is interesting. So the the story itself is how is this going to happen? How is Steve going to keep power? Mm-hmm. How is Steve going to get turned back? Like these are things that I'm kind of like, okay, like I want to see what's going to happen. Like I, I was like, okay, you got my attention with the zero, which is what the zero is supposed to do. Now my hope is that it does not fizzle out like uh, Civil War Two did. Or like Secret War did. Like, and I really hope, please, I'm praying to the Marvel gods that they got their shit together and it's not late. Please don't be fucking late. So Marvel. that is the reason why there's three different artists. They learned from the fuck up of the guy having the baby. I think that was their big thing. Because a lot of people were pissed at them for not allowing another writer or another artist. This has three artists. Good. It's going it to have three distinct artists, which kind of screws up in a book because if you're reading it gets kind of you know when you're reading but a if book they're similar artists but, but, but their styles, styles are similar not. oh they're not okay that's kind of rough <laughs> that's kind of rough but it's going to be interesting to see how it all turns out at the end mm. so for a zero I really enjoyed yeah, this I, I, I would I say like, okay. pick this up because if you're curious about it this is where it starts and if you haven't read anything else you really don't need to they really pack a lot in this issue yeah and you, I, you really don't need to this is a great it's a zero it's supposed to do that Right? I agree. I loved it. I still love it. Really? Because he was championing it. And I, and I think and I think this... I just think Marvel so you, is doing a disservice to it only because people are really... Burnt. burnt and this is, this is where I have... I, so it's sad. This is... Yes. No, it's really sad. I've read this and I loved it. But the problem is Marvel has burned people two years plus in a row. So to get them to read this is really hard. A lot of people are saying no. But it's it was it's fun. It was a fun issue to read. I really enjoyed it because I love these characters. I love this world. And everybody will be touched by this because it's happening to Marvel. And then comes Generations, which is going to be adding uh, the older with the newer. Something happens where it allows it to happen. And then Marvel says no more big events, which we're going to see if they mean it. And I really want them to get back to basics. And a lot of people are scared that um, the diversity is going to go away. No, they purposely put out a thing uh, at the C2E2, I think it was this weekend, that shows the brand new characters and said this is Marvel, or this is the face of Marvel. Because people are so worried that you know, we all think the Cosmic Cube's going to take care of it and everything's going to be back to normal. Where does that leave uh, Lady Thor? Where does that leave Squirrel Girl? Where does that leave Silk? All these other characters that are here, I still think they're going to be out, but I also think Marvel really needs to look at their numbering. You can't, like that Nick Fury, do you really think it's going to make it to 12 issues? No. No. And this is the sad part. We want, we want, we want, but we have so many opinions against it where we don't get it who what what are they supposed to do and you and i have been talking about it for years since we've been doing this and even before when we're friends you just if you want it you got to buy it but you can't be pissed that something gets canceled if you don't buy it because it's not what you want but it's what you asked for i don't know it's a weird thing but all i know is we're ending this podcast we've i've read some this week was a great book a uh, week for books not only this, I mean, there are other books. We just don't have mm-hmm. time. DC put out some stellar books this week. You know, I'm going to say it again. I was really hard on Weapon X last week because it's not what I wanted out of a book. And so I know what you're going through. I understand the anger you have towards Marvel or towards DC at not giving you what you want. But there's sometimes you just have to give it a chance to see. Like you and I with the Rebirth, we gave it a chance. I agree. So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to our show. Reminder that we will be taking a two-week hiatus, so we'll be back in three weeks. I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. First sponsor is Gene Gilmet of RLTPress.com. Who got a brand new line out this week, which will be next week when you hear it, but... So definitely check it out. Uh, what he's talking, what Rich is talking about is uh, he is a uh, featured artist on Comic Book Resources column, The Line It Is Drawn. So go check him out. You can check his stuff out on... Um, RLTPress.com. Yep, RLTPress.com. And uh, again, he's the guy that draws all those cute pictures of us, you know, 
were trying to kill me. Ooh, wait, oh. do you see the one yeah, for wait, next week? Wait, do you see the new one? It's going to be amazing. I want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller, the mistress of the mix board. She's the one who makes all those fantastical sounds you hear at the beginning and the end of the show. Please heal quickly. Uh, she just had surgery, so we're sending you all of our love, Terry. And give a special and uh, beautiful shout out to beautiful our, beautiful shout out to our major sponsor whatever comics located at 548 castro street in san francisco located between 18th and 19th check us out on the web at whateverstoreonline.com and give us a like on facebook under whatever store all right thank are you, you. A deviant are you a deviant find, uh, find out this summer i'm desmond i'm rich we'll see you later bye Thank you.